Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We just read that a few moments ago, but that's not actually the first time that that phrase appears in Scripture. Back in Genesis chapter 4, verse 26, it said, At that time, men started to call on the name of the Lord. And then that phrase, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, is repeated again by Peter on the day of Pentecost when he preaches to all those assembled there. Also, Paul quotes that in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 13. So what is this phrase that maybe we should pay attention to since it keeps coming up over and over again? Well, the word in Greek uh, and that's also used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament is epikaleo. Now, this is not one I want you to use on a test, but my little memory for remembering this word is epic call. An epic call. It's sort of like this time that I was driving down the road and I had my family with me and it's a two-lane road and a semi-truck comes over into my lane and there's no way I can go to the right or the left. The only thing I can do is have an epic call. Help! I don't actually even remember saying it. Uh, my wife told me later that you just said, hey, help me, Lord. And that's all I could do at that moment, was just cry out, help. In the day of the prophet Joel, the reason that people called out was a plague of locusts. That's just before our reading. And there, the locusts are referenced again in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 7, they're called, the king of the locusts are called Abaddon and Apollon. And it gives us the meaning of those words right after they say them. They mean the same thing, the destroyer. Locusts, of course, are destructive and they're literal beings. But we can also think of locusts as spiritual things from the destroyers that destroy our relationship with God and with one another. These destroyers are not things that we can defeat on our own. The demons, the dark forces of this world. The hymn reminds us we would be lost, rejected. But the triune God can defeat them and does. His epic answer to our epic call is that he sends his son to crush Satan's head and make a public spectacle of destroying the destroyers. And this is the good news that we get to announce to the Navajo people that those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. This time of the year we call Epiphany and we remember that God's revelation is to all people, not just uh, the Israelites. So everyone in Joel's day would have been the Israelites, but these words are fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, and all who are present, the everyone, is there. And this is God's intention, of course. Earlier, it didn't just start on the day of Pentecost. We were reminded of this in the book of Isaiah, where he said, it's too small a thing to restore the tribes of Jacob. I will also make you a light to the Gentiles. 
The words of the prophet come to their fulfillment on the day of Pentecost when God pours out his Holy Spirit. And we receive the same spirit in our baptism. God sent someone to baptize us. And then God sends us. It is too small a thing for us to keep the good news to ourselves. Paul put it this way, Christ's love compels us. Christ's love compels us. What a privilege and a joy it is to share the good news with someone who either does not know or does not believe. I know everyone here has their own vocation that they're preparing to do or doing right now. But I submit to you that one of the greatest joys in life, whatever your vocation is, is to share the good news of Jesus. Or putting it another way, you're a beggar who gets to tell another beggar where to find bread. Of course, the thing we have to bear in mind is that God doesn't work the way we want to. When we say we call on the name of the Lord, it doesn't mean that God is the great butler in the sky who's ready to do any duty that we ask him. He works in ways that seem contrary to our view and they don't uh, coincide with our logic. Who would defeat an enemy by sending his only son? Who would create new life in us with only water and the word? And who would, instead of giving us something strong to drink, give us a little bit of bread and a thimble full of wine to keep going on our earthly pilgrimage? These things are actually only noteworthy for their ordinariness and weakness from a human point of view but they are the means that God has chosen. So too are the ways that God chooses to work in people's lives. People who are honest about their dependency on him are the ones who are the strongest in faith. Or as David says, the Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. Little children are our spiritual examples, not because they're innocent, but because they are honest about their need for God and have nothing, no works, no intellect, no accomplishment to boast about. Not really the way we would conceive of a person who is blessed by God, someone who's honest about their dependency. We think that someone who has got it all together is blessed by God. But someone who is completely reliant on him is the one who's truly blessed. So what does it look like to see God at work in contrary measures or different ways What it looks like for us in the Navajo Reservation is that often I am surprised. I'm surprised who seems to get it. It doesn't seem like the person I would choose, but God knows. It also means that God is still in the business of saving those who call on his name. It's not just an old way, an ancient thing, but God is still in the business of saving today. There's a little boy in our community who started to come to church last fall. He was just like a little sponge soaking up every lesson that we had to teach him. 
The very first week at church, he memorized the Lord's Prayer, and he moved on to the Apostles' Creed. And he uh, led our Christmas program, and he led all the other children singing Joy to the World. Now, that just is a person, an abstraction right now, but if you knew him, you might be surprised because it turns out that his father committed suicide. So this isn't the environment that you would think that faith would take root, but it is. It is the place where God has begun a good work. The boy calls on the name of the Lord, and God, who is the same yesterday and forever, answers. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen.